Welcome to episode 426 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's celebrating a very happy unbirthday. In this episode, we talk about Nike Venturer, Julia Mann, and Little Golden Books. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So warm up your tea and crumpets, because it's time for this mad party to get started. Pinkies out. kick off every episode by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Lauren Rubin back to the show. Yay! <laughs> I've been working so much. It's very nice to be back and having fun with you guys. Yeah. Why don't you just kick us off then? Obviously, one of the big things that I've been uh, up to was uh, my first con in a very long time. Uh, Comic Palooza was last weekend here in Houston. Uh it was freaking amazing to be back at a convention again. Um, it was a little, it like, it does make me a little nervous, you know, uh, with like all the coronavirus stuff, but I have a vaccine and I really want to get back into the swing of doing events again. And it just made me so, 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 so happy to be like in a convention space again and like just getting to like nerd out all weekend and like see my friends and talk to new people and like see everyone's costumes and all the cool things that people have done in the last year. Like, I was just so happy and I got to have my brother in town with me. And so that was really fun. Um, everything about it was just a great weekend. Uh, Loki is clearly the number one costume of the year. Just taking over the convention. It can be anything can as be long as you put on gold horns. Yep. I know. I know. And I saw lots of like um, people had like TVA jackets um, kind of did it that way. It said like variant on the back or I'm waiting for Deadpool Loki. I haven't seen one yet, but I know that's coming. Sure. <laughs> can we just real quick. Did y'all pay attention to the shirts in Loki? Like the shirts the like people that work at the TVA wear? A bit, yeah, because I drew all of them, but that's my... <laughs> the, and, and I, the collar, like where your tie would go, it didn't just like flip over, but it was a seamed line that went all the way down and disappeared. Mm -hmm. It looks so freaking rad. I think those shirts are so awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool because like the TVA clothes actually look really normal if you don't like look at them twice. But then they have right. really weird seams or like the tie Loki has is square where like you could never buy that like in a store in our universe. It is just a little weird. And I was it, I thought that was like really cool. At a glance, looks plain and normal. And the more you look, the weirder it gets. Yeah, that definitely it. doesn't mean anything. That was not intentional by the, the show's part. It's just someone messed up a lot in the details. <laughs> Um, you've <laughs> they been forgot to, how to sew regular shirts, so they made up their own pattern. Yeah, you've been know. to Comic Palooza before. How did this? How did this compare? Um, yeah, this is probably my fifth year as like a vendor, and I've been there a couple years otherwise. Um, it was great. Uh, it was a short weekend because it was uh like all the scheduling changed because of coronavirus stuff. Um, and they did manage to get a show in this weekend, so it was only two days instead of the usual three or four day show. But people, I think, were just like me, really, really excited to like be back at a con and yeah. see everybody and have fun and spend some money. So I did really, really well. Honestly, the two days I made just as much money as I usually do during the whole show. So very, very Ooh, how happy much about is that? that? I'm not gonna say on air. I'd rather not. Sorry. <laughs> But I mean, it was it's good, right? Like that's oh yeah, yeah, rest. totally happy. Is it you like can retire now? <laughs> we, in fairness, we have talked to people that now it depends on the convention, it depends on like your booth location and probably the name behind you and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But we have had people tell us like, I do this one convention, and over the course of three days, that's like sixty percent of my income for the year. Yeah, yeah. Certain shows you can really get away with that, and like. Comic Palooza is not usually like my best show, but considering I have like no extra expenses of needing to travel, it is like awesome. So I always do really well. Let me correct myself. When I said it's 60% their, in their income for the year, what I meant to say is it's 60% of my income for the year. <laughs> I, I don't actually know what their income is. No, no, no. Yeah. No, you're not wrong though. And depending on like what you're selling and like, like bigger artists than, than I am, like, you know, like a right. Matt Taylor can certainly make that kind of money in one weekend. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're if like you're, at MondoCon, I'm sure that they made more money than I have collectively of, ever. Right, tens like, <laughs> of thousands of dollars. Tens if of. If you've thousands. got a double booth right where the doors open, like you're, you can be sitting pretty for sure. Yeah. Yeah, or like 
San Diego Comic Con's like four or five days now, so like that alone sets you up for quite an advantage. Well, you, know, you know, most yeah. everyone. I it's hard for me to think of someone that says that they go to a Comic Con and they don't, uh, or, or a convention and don't at least break even. So like even for the people that don't it can have happen, a name. Though. Sure, but like even for the people that like don't have a name or they haven't exhibited before, and, and you know mm-hmm. you're spending a few hundred bucks on stuff, um, still I would I would suggest doing it because a lot of people I talk to they go to a convention and and maybe like they don't make any money but they're not losing anything you know so put yourself out there. I also think like yeah the benefits of putting yourself out there and just doing it are so much better than like the amount of money you're going to make. Cause like you can network, you can, um, you know, like meet lots of new people, like just the experience of getting out and doing it will kind of help you learn what to do and not do next time. And like how to sell stuff better. Cause there's certain things that I try new every time. Like I'll move around my display and try something different. And then like, depending on where things are, people will definitely like pay attention to certain, like those items and buy more of that. So like, there's always things that I'm like learning and changing as you go. So it's just good experience. If it's something that you're going to get into, you just got to rip off the bandaid and go at some point. Um, And yeah, I I've really like have only ever talked to people like two or three times that have not made at least broken even, you know, at the show. So, and it was pretty weird circumstances or or, like, to be honest, like what they were selling was pretty weird. (laughs) Um, But if you suck, don't do it. No, like, I don't know how to explain this, but like I, I was next to this guy one time where like his art was like really good, like photorealistic stuff, but he was fan casting actors as like what he thought would be cool for like superheroes, except it was already things that are cast with real actors. So it was confusing why it wasn't just drawings of the real people. Oh, you were beside Dan Hip. <laughs> You're so mean. I knew, I knew it. The second you started to talk, I knew exactly what you were going to say. Uh, but the guy was like so good you could tell like exactly what he was doing it was just like such a weird concept I I don't think it like was a big hit with people I'm jealous of Dan's success (laughs) yes sure yeah it was awesome we did like a whole booth cosplay for the first time also which was like a fun experience Uh, I definitely had some technical difficulties getting it set up from how I wanted it to be set up but that is the nature of cosplay and it's just been a year since I did it so I forgot Um. (laughs) I was gonna say what I ended up seeing was different than what I saw you trying to get set up when I was at your house yeah we spent about five hours at the convention center on Friday trying to set things up and plans A, B, and C failed. So uh, after some tears, got it together and figured out a different way to do it. It wasn't really what I like had in my head, but it still was very effective. Um, so we, we made our whole booth into like Nook's Cranny from Animal Crossing and we dressed like Timmy and Tommy. And I had this whole plan to build a roof over us that wouldn't have blocked light like the tents that we ended up having to use did. Um, but it was really cute and like people had such a good reaction to the booth and like it did work out really well. So, uh, I, you know, you live and learn. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, will uh, you try to, pr- will you try to perfect that for your next one so that it's not wasted money and time? Yes. And I already have many ideas how to fix it. And it's also things that like we could have fixed it, except that like I was setting it up the day before the show, you have a limited amount of time you have access to the show floor at that time. And like, uh, like I had idea to like, get a banner printed to do the roof next time, but getting that printed in the time frame right. we had left like wasn't going to happen. Right. So it is fixable. It just wasn't this weekend. In last the future, weekend. take some Capri Suns with you. So when Trevor starts to cry, you yeah. just give him a Capri Sun, say, they're there, champ, and he just keep <laughs> on. Yeah, I just, it's okay. Sometimes you have to cry and get your feelings out. It's and okay, Trevor. Sometimes fine. you have to cry. Was Trevor, <laughs> was Trevor with you for it, like setting things up, or was it just your booth mate? It was um, my brother and then my booth mate, yeah. Okay. And on, the lady next to us, uh, Becky, she was really nice to try to help us. Um, and, like, we tried a lot of things. And Trevor did try and help me before and after we were there. He just couldn't be there during setup time. So yeah. it would have been nice to have more help, but it's not always how things work out anyway. Your brother was Loki. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. figure out why that guy was in all your pictures. I realized that, like, later that, like, a lot of people probably didn't realize he was my brother because neither of us are dressed or, like, look like we normally look. Whereas, like, when we're ourselves, I feel like we look a lot alike and it's very obvious he's my brother. Even when we <laughs> recorded, for some reason, I feel like his video wasn't on in that moment or, like, I just don't remember. He's grown his, his hair out a lot. And I don't remember he, his face. <laughs> well, yes, that was my brother with me all weekend. It's so fun. Uh, like Jake is also a big nerd and we used to go to conventions together like a lot. So I just love having him with me. It's just makes me happy. (laughs) 
It was yeah. also good to have a Loki with us because like it parlayed us into so many fun conversations and things like because of all the other Loki cosplayers and like Thor people and everything else. Like it was a really fun weekend. Yeah, it looked yeah. fun. I followed you yeah. on your your Insta stories and it looked like it was a good time. I was trying to keep up, but it's hard to like do it in the moment. And like your phone is also your cash register most of the time at con. So that's also another complication. Sure. Um, and then I have one more thing that I'd like to shout out before I go. Um, this is a different convention related thing, but pretty much one of my favorite things in the whole universe. Um, the Her Universe fashion show that happens every year at San Diego Comic-Con happened virtually this weekend um, to kind of make up for missing last year. Um, it's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. It's just great. So it's um, a lot like Dapper Day at Disney World, except it's on steroids. You can pick any property, any character, any place, like lots of things. Um, and you basically make like a geek couture outfit. Um, and it's like just so creative and so insane to see like how everybody interprets these things. Like one of the ones this year was a, a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. So she made a giant puffy snow coat that like goes all the way like this big collar and like these big sleeves, like the big rolls, like those um, puffy jackets and stuff. And then the waist has like the stay puff thing. It's very hard to describe these. It's much better to look these up. That's why I'm not going to try and make this a master category. Um, the Her Universe fashion show happens every year. Everything that everybody makes is incredible. Like it's just like picking favorites really. And uh, the whole like thing, if you've never heard of Her Universe, is created by Ashley Eckstein, who is um, the voice actress of Ahsoka from Clone Wars and all the other great Star Wars things. Um, and she kind of made this like clothing line that's meant to be like super inclusive for like all geeks about positivity and community. So like everything that this is about is stuff that I love. And it kind of like embodies what I love about conventions where it's just about like being yourself and being creative and like showing what you love about these like, you know, fan properties that you just like love so much and like so much time and care and effort goes into every single detail on these outfits. I love like looking at the videos behind the scenes of that each creator makes like incredible <laughs> yeah it's pretty neat I've, i looked it up um they don't mm -hmm. have this year's images posted yet but on their website they have they go back to 2019 and then a few years before that so uh, yeah they've been doing it for like five, at least five or six years it's not it's not cosplay for patrick's no, it's, sake it is it's like more trends more toward high fashion but yeah it's definitely like high fashion is the like goal and if you win, you get to develop a line of clothes for a different property with Hot Topic, which is also pretty cool. Yeah, it's put, I was gonna say put, it's put on by Hot Topic. Um, what is that called? It's what is that called when you go, when you go to Disneyland and you're or Disney World and you're dressed up as a character, like Disney the, Bound. Disney Bounding. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Bounding, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. a lot like that, but I would say like take that and put it on steroids because well, like just, it's high fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the time, effort, and money spent on these outfits, you can just tell from looking at them. Like, oh my god, it's so incredible. There's it's a really there's just... a, a hat that someone has on a Loki costume from or Ugh. a Loki outfit that's like yes. five and a half feet wide. Like it's it's yeah. high. Fa these are not intended oh to be worn out in public because they're not or not like mass produced because these it's are not, not practical clothes. They're it's not just practical like, clothing, right? No, these are just like one time only wear it on the runway. Be fabulous and amazing. I don't know what else they're for, <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> but it's yeah. so cool to see these. And, and I highly recommend like taking time. If you think this is cool to like, go look up each creator. Cause they stuff that they show in the fashion show is great, but there's just so many little details that they think of that are incredible. And you can't, like they just can't talk about it all fast enough and i love that stuff <laughs> awesome okay you had a, a fun couple of weeks busy who you thought who are you tossing so it to? so busy um patrick you're smiling why don't you take it fossing it to you can toss fossing. it here uh, mm -hmm. i'm gonna share my screen real quick so but i'm, I'm gonna talk about some anti-gay uh, chicken uh <laughs> because i i want to um do a bit of education so i grew up in yes. middle georgia i believe i'm the only one here that grew up in georgia and uh, the family that started Chick-fil-A, which would be the Cathy's, Truett Cathy's the founder, is also from Middle Georgia. I, I actually worked about um, probably only about 15 or 20 minutes from his uh, ranch that he owns. And um, uh, uh, yeah, and I've been to a lot of the special locations. So for those that don't know, uh, Chick-fil-A is not all there is. So Truett Cathy has actually set up a, a few of these uh, almost like more concept locations or just more built out locations around georgia they're not all, not all in the same place 
and I was just going to introduce you to a few of them real quick. Um, the the first is the Chick-fil-A Dwarf House. We used to have one of these in Griffin, Georgia. By the way, they demolished the Griffin one after we moved, but they do have them in six other locations. Because after you moved, their <laughs> business dropped by 65%. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But uh, the dwarf house actually has a little bitty red door in the front of it. And, uh, you know, obviously, 90% of the fun of the dwarf house was going through the red door. Uh, It's a normal sized door for Lauren and I. It's a tiny, (laughs) it's a quote unquote dwarf sized door for Patrick. But there's. Okay, so wait, it's basically just like a Chick fil A that is like cottage core. (laughs) But. But they're split into two sides. So one side is the normal fast food restaurant side. And that side, by the way, sells burgers, which is part of what started this conversation is that you can buy beef at Chick-fil-A, even though they have all these anti-beef, whatever. Um, but the other side is sit down, waiter, waitress, take a menu, seat you, and they have an expanded menu. So it's not just the the you know things we know. You can also get like... A, Collard greens and sweet potato casserole and things like that. But the big thing you can get, and this is the whole reason to go to a dwarf house if you get a chance to go, is the Chick-fil-A hot brown. And a hot brown is Chick-fil-A chicken covered in gravy and cheese and bacon, and it is awesome. Apparently, Truett Cathy visited a hotel at one point, and that hotel served a hot brown, and he decided... Well, I love it. So my restaurant's going to serve a hot brown. Mm-hmm. So if you ever go to a dwarf house or if you go to one of these other locations, order a hot brown. It's one of the best things I've ever had. This thing by itself is probably 2,200 calories, and I <laughs> love it. Put an egg on top of it, but it's great. Okay. I have questions. Yes. So when you go to this restaurant, do There's you There's a salad go bar there, there too, by the way. Go ahead. Okay. So when you go there and you're going to sit down, and I assume you've done this, yeah. you order a Chick-fil-A sandwich and sides or like- what are the entrees? <laughs> you can, but like you can also like you know how you could go somewhere and get like a hamburger steak, so it's like just the patty with like you can get like two chicken breasts with three sides, things like that. So it doesn't. You can also just get a. So it's sandwich. largely based around the Chick Fil A menu, but with like like they're they're like trying to it, like um no, no, no. So it enhance orig- it. It originated there. The Chick Fil A menu is a scaled down fast food version of the Dwarf House. This it oh, started, okay. it started it as a dwarf house. Chick-fil-A is the fast food pick, quick pickup version of that. Yeah. Got it. So you can do a sandwich, but what you would do is typically you would again get like a chicken breast. So it's like a chicken in three sides. And and you can get like, like I said, like collard greens and sweet potato casserole and mashed mm-hmm. potatoes and like all this other stuff. Um, okay. So then the next thing they have, they have what's called a, a Truett's Chick-fil-A. This one, uh, the one that I've been to for this, uh, is in Noonan, and uh, it it's also has the sit-down part. It still just feels like an expanded fast food. It has a couple of the extra items. It does have some of the extra vegetables and, uh, like, sides and stuff, uh, but it mainly feels like an expanded fast food. It's just very sleek. The decor is really good. Every, okay. every meal comes with a, a single hair of Truett Cathy's hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In <laughs> but very, very different would be Truett's Grill. This is up in Fayetteville, at least the one I've been to for it. And this is like, what would this be? 50s diner. They have mm-hmm. like, when you're inside, they have like some mm-hmm. train that goes around the top of it. This is a Aww. fully sit-down location. So this is meant to only be dine-in. And uh, again, it's that full expanded menu. You can get your hot brown, all that kind of stuff. Um, outside of that, uh, the one I have not been to. Uh, and by the way, there's one that's not listed on here. That I don't know if it's closed or if it just doesn't make the website. Truett also opened up a, a pasta place. He wanted to have like a, a fast casual Italian. So there is a pasta place in Fayetteville that does like a, a pasta bar where you pick your noodle and pick your sauces and do all that. What's funny is because it's connected to Truett, all of like the napkins and like the cups and everything, like when I went and still said Chick fil A on them, I guess they had pulled them <laughs> from another restaurant. You're like, you're not cool enough to get your own cup. Slow down, Luau. <laughs> I think it had opened pretty quickly, but that's a full pasta one. And then the other one, the one oh, I have sorry. not been to, the the only one I have been to is Truett's Luau. And there's only one location for this one. Um, it's also in Fayetteville, which what's funny is it might have been the pasta one and they might have converted it to the Luau because the pasta <laughs> one wasn't doing well. Honestly, but- honestly, it looks more like an Italian restaurant that's been retrofitted. <laughs> It genuinely might like, be that they honestly, closed the Italian. They literally just like scooched over the Truitts and put Luau yeah. on the What's funny is 
when I give this over, I'm going to pull the location. And if it's the same one, I'll let you know if it's the same one. Okay. But um, <laughs> at the Luau, in addition to chicken sandwiches, they also have... Uh, Ham and pineapple. They have Makana yeah. tacos, frosted pineapple drinks, and lava cake. So Okay, I, I'm down for a frosted pineapple drink. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Chick, uh, lava chicken, cake sounds tasty, too. Chick-fil-A sandwich and a frosted pineapple drink all over it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that... Um, I love that these concepts exist. And the thing is, this Truett's Luau has not been there that long. It's been there, uh, le- uh, what is it, eight years now. So it's not like this is something that happened, uh, uh, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, and this was still pushed forward by Truett Cathy. Now, when Truett Cathy passes away, or if he has recently passed away, um, I don't, he's probably not still with us. Um, but I'm not taking the time to check. But the point is, <laughs> I just hope that there's someone that will continue to do these things. I would hate to think that this little bit of uh, uh, playfulness or this little bit of, of trying new stuff, I would hate to think that that would die with the founder uh, and with any company, doesn't matter who it is, uh, put process, I say processes, processes are a scary word. This should be uh, welcomed and pressed for, and it shouldn't just be one person that is uh, pushing this forward. So, um, uh, so just to be clear, yeah, Truett Cathy has been dead since September eighth, two thousand fourteen, which he means, died the year after this opened. I was gonna say, which <laughs> means this we could be very, very close to to this. So his the timeline son, of Truett's openings his, to <laughs> his uh, his son, his direct his direct uh, descendant, Truett Junior. I would assume. No, his name is Dan Cathy. I used to go oh, to lucky. these. I used to go to Chick Fil A openings. Um, they used to do these things where when a Chick-fil-A would open, a brand new Chick-fil-A would open, they would allow the first 100 people to line up overnight and there would be events and they would have like an ice cream party and they would do all these things. And at the end of the night, um, on the official first day of it opening, the first 100 people who kind of went through the doors, uh, they got to eat Chick-fil-A for a year for free. They would give you these uh chick-fil-a meal coupons which essentially equated to 50 i always hear rumors about this and so like it's funny to hear it's true so it's very true in college i went to three or four of them and so did several of my friends oftentimes there were 15 or more of us taking up the hundred and so what we would do we would all just have like literal hundreds of these free meal coupons and so when whoever's vehicle we were in we would just pass out and we would all go to lunch. We would all go to dinner. Sometimes we would have Chick-fil-A for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and no one was paying anything for these <laughs> meals. But anyway, all that said, at one of these openings, it was one of the higher-end ones. Dan Cathy came to it. He heard oh, us wow. playing guitar uh, and singing just to just to pass the time. And he um, he asked us if he if we wanted to play music when he was doing a speech during the opening. And so we did. And when we went up there to play, he pulled out his trumpet and played trumpet alongside us <laughs> while we played song. So we have played That's music awesome. with the now owner uh, of, of Chick-fil-A. It's pretty And funny. this is the one that is That's alive. awesome. And he is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's still very much alive. Anyway. I like that he had his trumpet at the ready. Yeah, well, you you know, you know, a man never, a true trumpeter never leaves the house without his trumpet. <laughs> so his his first concept He's like, restaurant. This is my moment. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta his get first it. concept restaurant is gonna be something New Orleans crawfish. Oh, yeah. it's crawfish. Where he gets to play jazz. <laughs> or you can get a chick a Chick Fil A po' boy. Um, Google Maps has decided it's, it's just not gonna chopped up chicken, chick, chicken, chicken grits. I mean, yeah. it, the possibilities are ended. Uh, Google Maps has decided it's not going to work <laughs> for me, but uh, it's it's within just a if it's not the same location, it's within just a couple minutes of the location. It's close. A stun- well, Fayetteville's not. <laughs> Fayetteville's I like to not a all booming- together. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. That's it, Andrew. I just that was your that was about- your whole your whole story was talking that about was a good story. Okay. I learned so um, much. That's Let me the, tell you that's about- why we do these things. Let me tell you about my week. Uh, it's been a long week, but a couple things that I got that are pretty cool that I want to tell you about. Um, my friend JP just came back from Disney, and the day before he left Disney uh, in Florida, Disney World, the day before he left, he he texted me and said, hey, what cookie do you want from Gideon's? And I've talked about Gideon's before, I think, mm-hmm. briefly, because I have I got their, I got their pin. pin, which is rad. But um, they make these... Uh, 
half pound cookies. <laughs> That's what they do. It's, it's Gideon's Bakehouse. They make these half pound cookies. And so I asked him for the cookies and cream, which is, which is essentially like a cookie dough base. And then, I don't know, probably eight Oreos worth of crumbled and smashed uh, Oreos on top. It's it's Damn. fantastic. I had it like three days or four days later. Just put it in the microwave for thirty seconds, and it was amazing. It was fantastic. But when he delivered that to me, when he when he brought that to me, he handed it to me on this as a gift that he got me, which is cute. The uh, Jared Mariama Kingdom of Cute. Uh, there's a link in the show notes that has like the entire Bed line. Pan. But this is like, yeah, it's like a, a it's a tin, <laughs> it's like a tin serving platter, but it's got, uh, oh, that's cool. It's got, you know, uh, Cinderella's Castle, Epcot, it's got the Matterhorn, it's got all sorts of stuff. If you've seen, you can see it online. All um, the cute Disney World land things. Yeah, and all the food. It's got the churros and the Dole Whip and the Mickey uh, ice cream bar and the, the mouse ears. And it's all Jared's. It's all Jared's thing, right? It's all the kingdom of cute. Everything has the smiley face and the little button eyes. Um, it's fantastic. So it was a nice little surprise. Um, and uh, so super grateful and, and thankful for, for that. So check it out. If you want to get any of this stuff, there's lots of it that it's on um, Shop Disney. And we put the link to that in, in the show notes. Uh, and then the other thing that I got was, um, I think there are some of these left. So Lauren, this is going to be up your alley. We've already referenced Loki <laughs> several times yes. in this episode. Uh, there is a company called Hairbrained Design. Um, oh, yeah, I know them. <laughs> and they released a Loki alligator variant pin, mm-hmm. which is essentially the Lacoste alligator yeah. with the, the Loki horns. And I've seen a photo. Have you seen a photo of the finished one? Mm-hmm. They look phenomenal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so so cool. And the car, the, I have the, a lot of their pins. They do great stuff. <laughs> the backer, I, I so well. I'll get to that in a second. The backer to the card is really really cool. It's got the variant on the front end, and on the back, it's got a splintered or a branched timeline. Um, nice. It's really really neat. Hairbrained designs, like I followed them a while ago, but I have noticed that most of their designs, like at least I don't know, I want to say sixty to seventy percent of their designs are like. Um, feminine hygiene. Yeah, they're pure. Yeah, they're feminine hygiene product uh, puns. And yeah, I, so I don't like. But they're most mixed of- with like pop culture stuff. They're very funny. Like sure. I, I think they're hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure if I were, they're not be gross. They're not gross. Everything's our, very cartoony. Yeah, you should be saving this for our uh, uh, brief episode. Uh, this is actually yeah, like sure. the first thing I thought of because, like, I see them every time at Comic Cons, and they have like just walls of underwear when you walk past. It's, but I love their pins; they're so good. They, they, and their artists are actually very talented. It's just, their, yeah, their content isn't always my favorite. But this pin does not seem like it's in the same vein as all the stuff that they typically do. This yeah, one, it's very different. This was very, very cool, so I, I did pull the trigger on that. If you want one, they're only $10. Um, they're, they are going fast, or so they say. You know, it is a marketing. I'm sure. But, but um, if you'd like one, you can get the show notes uh, and grab the link on that. So uh, that's it for me, which means I think that's it for our Around the Table. So let's head on over to a land we like to call the Master Categories. Every week for our Master Category section, we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. And since Lauren wasn't here last week, we rolled the dice during the middle of the week. So you're just going to have to trust we got what we're talking about. Uh, so, Patrick, why don't I'm you kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Because I saw something that I, I want. And, uh, and so I'm going to tell you about it. That's how it's oh, there Did it you is. See this? Did you see this? No, I haven't. I'm, yes. st- I'm I still that. talking about... I know I'm doing terrible with an intro because I'm still looking at a hairbrain design stuff right now. But I, I thought I about getting smaller. this for my mom to see if she notices or how long it takes her to notice the horns because she would probably think it's just a golf hat. <laughs> they should do a straight up just like polo uh, and then just the yeah. very like don't do it any larger the, than the normal, normal like, Lacoste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I would buy that. All right. So I was watching uh, swimming the other day and watched the medal ceremony and Team USA had some crazy looking masks. Uh, this is actually a shot from right now that you are seeing. Uh, they're white, uh, stark white. They have USA on one side and on the left side. And um, th- they have like, 
I don't know what you'd call this uh, material, but they have these like ridges running all the way down. They stick off the face. Like so a, an accordion. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, like, uh, like an air an, an airbag, a, a ribbed airbag is what it looks like. Um, or but because they stick Mortal off Kombat. the face. Sure, people have been comparing it <laughs> yeah, to the, Bane's uh, mask. Funny. Yeah, that's been a big one. Um, but uh, I, I love this. I, I think this has been incredible. So I went and looked this up. I needed to know who made it, and it turns out this mask is by Nike, and it hasn't been released yet. Okay, this is called the Nike Venture. And the idea with the mask is that uh, traditionally the mas- masks that we wear, uh, they're very thin. They lay right up against your face. So they're up against your nose, up against your mouth. Uh, some people feel like it's a bit almost suffocating or they yeah. feel like it's uh, Restrictive at least. Right. And so this uh, sits off of your mouth and off of your nose. So it's not up against it. The other thing that it does is instead of it being one of these one size fits all scenarios, there's like five different sizes. So you actually have to I measure that. the distance between your, the bridge of your nose and your chin to determine your size. And then it's got like a padded chin. It's a padded nose. It actually has several strap options. So they have one strap that actually goes around the back of the neck so it doesn't mess with your ears. They It also comes with over-the-ear straps if you want to run those. Which are uh, adjustable, which is nice. Yep, there's there's several of them, and it comes with a carrying case to hold your mask, to hold all your straps. Uh, the whole thing is is uh, very, very nice. Now, it's $60 <laughs> for this, and it hasn't been released yet. I don't think the black looks nearly as cool as the white, by the way, but if you felt like the black white was... Black looks very Darth Vader. <laughs> it, it definitely looks more or menacing. Kylo Ren more so, but... <laughs> I, I would actually say, though, I don't think it looks as bulky as the white one. Like, the yes. the white one feels yeah. very, uh, uh, for whatever reason, like, the, the shadows on the ridges and stuff, you see the depth a lot more. You see the size a lot more. Well, black is slimming anyway. I mean, so that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, but here's what stands out to me. So I have design this week. That's what I have this week. And, and the way this connects for me is we are 16 months into a pandemic. We're 16 months into masks. Like, we're 16 months into this being a reality. And I've been thinking through how many mask designs have I seen. Now, I've obviously seen different types of cloth or different colors or different designs on them. Uh, And then I've seen, we've all seen, like, the crazy other side of the spectrum, which is just, like, you dress like an astronaut, right? We've joked about those Kickstarters, or like the crazy YouTube videos where some guy's wearing like a looks like a glass fish bowl and has like a microphone and a speaker taped to the back of bubble. his head. Yeah. yeah we, so we've seen that insanity. But how many people have actually taken the mask and iterated on it, actually applied design to it in a way that it, it doesn't sit up against your face. It doesn't feel suffocating in that way. Uh, it has different strap options. You can wear it when you're doing more physical activity and it has cushion uh, cushioning built in so it doesn't, uh, you know, chafe or whatever o- over time. I love that there's thought being applied to this, and it's not just here's a mask with a Nike swoosh. Like we're mm-hmm. going to actually yeah. lead the way in what a performance mask can look like or what a comfortable mask can look like. The reality is, masks are not. They're going to be some part of our life for some amount of time. Obviously, it depends on you and the personal decisions that you've made and all that th- that stuff. There are talks that uh, those mandates uh, might come back. Some states or some cities are uh, reinstating those mandates. So depending on where you live, it it might just be a have to anyway. And then for someone like me, I've just kind of mentally decided that for the next six months at at least, I'm just going to wear a mask. I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. I haven't got a cold in a long time, which I've really enjoyed. So I'm just going to wear a mask. And so to have something out there that's not the one-size-fits-all mask that is like ripping, Andrew has seen this, that's like ripping my ears off or yes. like won't cover my chin and nose at the same time or whatever. I'm very excited that someone has done this, but I am shocked it's taken 16 months for a company to say we can do better than just slapping our logo on on somebody else's $10 or $5 mask or whatever that we're buying mm-hmm. in, in mass. Uh, yeah. I would love to see more of this and I would love for people to when we are presented with a problem like this let we we don't need to wait so long to figure out how permanent it's going to be let's go and apply design thinking now <laughs> that's okay to do that sooner rather than later um, but yeah the Nike uh, Venture how cr- do y'all think these look weird at all a little bit because they're bulky 
Um, you know, like clearly they look like they like it like you said, it's not completely touching it like right up against your face. So they look much bigger than like a regular mask. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. They are absolutely mm-hmm. much bigger. It covers like a large portion of their faces as well. Yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm on board for it for not for everyday wear, but for active yeah. wear. Like that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, especially like, the way that those straps work. It looks like they would like actually stay on if you're running or something. And I have like maybe the opposite problem that you have where most masks are way too big for me and then like kid size ones are way too small. So like every mask that I've bought, I've had to like customize the ear straps to actually stay on my face. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, that's that's opposite I, for Patrick. No, that's I, what I, I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like fat guy in a little coat, but it's a mask instead. <laughs> And I have the Big I have the other issue. Fat face and a little mask. Fat face and a little mask. <laughs> yeah, and because your chin doesn't like hold anything, I hate. I've got to look down to do something, and my, the mask slides into my eyeballs. It drives me crazy. And it's your beard is so bushy right now that it when you take off your mask, your beard ends up from the profile doing this. Weep weep. Like, <laughs> yes, it does. It puts the, a definitive these... line in it. So yes, thank you <laughs> Nike for finally doing this. Hopefully, more people will follow suit. Let's have a mask war. Let's see who can make the most comfortable mask. Let's see who can make the mask that's the easiest to breathe in. Let's do it. Um, All right. That's it for me and design and the super sweet mask, which you still can't buy, and I don't know when you'll be able to. Uh, Andrew? Yeah, okay. So this week, uh, I'm going to keep the Disney train rolling for me. Uh, I got books is what I got, and uh, I I decided to purchase a book for uh, for this purpose. Uh, And so this week, I am talking about... The Haunted Mansion, A Little Golden Book. Disney's oh, The Haunted Mansion, yes. A Little Golden Book. Um, a Little Golden Book is, I mean, how old is that company? Like, it's freaking ridiculous. Let me see if like, it has it. Uh, it. It's, yeah. Someone look up how old The Little Golden Book company is. This is a brand new book. Um, it's, a, it's a cardboard cover book. Uh, done. All the artwork is done by Glenn Brogan. Huge fan. You want to guess when this w- company was founded, just for fun? I'm going to say 1918. I'm going to say it's old Later enough. It's not even called the Little Gold. It's just called the Gold Book Company now. Um, It was founded in 1942. Oh, that's the year that my mom was born. That's pretty awesome. True story. Um, Okay, so Little Golden Book, that company has been around for a long time. And... Uh, this book is in the same vein of all of their books, which is like the thick cardboard cover and back cover with that foil, that classic fo- mm-hmm. gold foil wrapping on the, the, the spine. Um, but they, like I said, the artwork for this one is done by Glenn Brogan. Uh, it's adapted by Lauren okay. Klaus and designed by Winnie Ho. Um, but look at some of these illustrations. So it take, it's, it's, about the, it's about the Disneyland version of the Haunted Mansion. So if you're familiar with that one, it's in New Orleans Square. So it's got this plantation-style mansion. Um, it's got the stretching room with all the art in it. I'm not going to oh, read them. I'm not going to show you all the illustrations. You I don't want to sit are... and read us the whole book? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. Um, Patreon episode, Andrew reads can we... the story. Yeah, Patreon episode, for <laughs> we, sure. Yeah, we'll do it for the patrons. Um, but uh, it's got... If you're a fan of the ride, like there's like all sorts of little Easter eggs all the way around it with the the bus that look at you and they follow you all the way down to your doom buggies and the guy trying to get out of his his coffin. Um, so awesome. Madame Leota. And then, of course, the uh, the 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 widely known uh, uh, kitchen or ballroom scene. Uh, mm-hmm. Not kitchen was the dining room scene. Um, and if you look very closely, I saw this on his Instagram. This little yeah, guy right there. Yeah, I was gonna say that's Glenn right there. He drew himself yes. into the uh, the haunted mansion book. So um, very excited to read this. The illustrations are fantastic. I will read. I will do a dramatic reading uh, yes. for our for our patrons. Do a a, a very short episode uh, because this <laughs> is only uh, you know twenty pages. We or can whatever do voices. It It'll be great. It'll be a good time. <laughs> but this is one thing I want to talk about with little golden book. Um, did you grow up reading these? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I really appreciate about Little Golden Book, and and I I think I don't know that I think more people should do it because I think it it should be reserved for this because it makes like it's their kind of deal. 
But on the back, um, it tells you there are more than 200 timeless little golden books to share. Here are just a few of them, and it highlights some classic ones as well as some oh. new ones, including like Raya and the Last Dragon and the Jungle Cruise, It's a Small World, Nightmare Before Christmas, all the way back to the pokey little puppy, which is like one of the, the yeah, very Yeah, I remember that ones. one. Scuffy the tugboat and the shy little kitten. Those are all classics. But what I like is on the inside of the back cover, on the cardboard part, prints on the cardboard part, there is a just not it's not exhaustive, but it's almost exhaustive list of all of the titles that they have of their little golden book. And here's what's interesting to me. They have categories, and their categories are are very interesting. One of them is just little golden book classics. Well, that makes sense. That one makes sense. Favorite characters. That one also makes sense. But then you've got fun read-alouds. Like, what makes one more fun to read aloud than another one? Like, aren't, aren't they the all... Maybe the way it's int- written... Like, like Dr. Seuss books are, just, like, really fun to read out loud because, like, all the wordplay and stuff. Okay, okay. I can get on board with that. And then it has seasonal and holiday stories, uh, including The Little Christmas Elf and The Christmas Story and The Animals Christmas Eve. But then you also have inspirational and religious stories and then early learning fun, which literally uh, is comprised of Halloween ABC and Little Golden Picture Dictionary. So it's just I interesting. I do like that if you Google Little Golden Book, I saw I Googled popular titles yeah, because I know that we had several of them growing up and I was going to see if I could see some of the images and it triggers something in my mind like, oh, that was one, that was one. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I, I guess that it's something that's great to make fun of. So what I've, what I've found instead is who will toss my salad and <laughs> ambient. This, this might go <laughs> that go the f- to sleep category. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all I'm finding is these uh, fake uh, golden book titles, unfortunately. So this has not helped at all. Yeah, maybe just go to their website. But this is Sally this finally <laughs> got her medical marijuana card. This is uh, to cycle <laughs> to cycle everything back around, Lauren. The very last mm-hmm. page of the book is a group of kids Disney bounding oh. at the haunted mansion. So you've got Donald yes. Duck, Mickey, Goofy, and um, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. A girl Chewbacca. in the <laughs> She just she looks gets normal. Her own character, but the other ones are for sure Disney bounding. Um, so anyway, uh, so I love. Glenn Brogan stuff. I actually have a. Pr- I haven't bought print. I print in since the pandemic, even well before the pandemic. Um, and I I bought one, and it's a Glenn Brogan print, and it'll be here by next week. And I'm going to show you guys. Uh, was it the big haunted mansion one? No, but that I do want that one. That one's really neat. But this one was one that I could not pass on. I'll show you. Um, the, the, the one teaser. of the posters I want most, like in my life, is a Glenn po- Brogan poster, and it's his Muppet Show poster. The oh, one yeah. that has like all the little arches like from mm-hmm. the intro. I freaking love that poster so he's, much. He he's incredible stylistically the the textures he brings. Um yeah, I love super it. super happy with him. But on the the topic of artists, uh, Lauren, I think you uh, have someone mm-hmm. to bring us for your master category. I do, and I feel like her art would be like perfect for a children's book, so it's an even better segue than you knew. Are you listening um, little golden books? Yeah, called Julia. Um, so Julia Mann is somebody that I met, um, last weekend at Comic Palooza. Her booth was literally set up directly across from mine. So I was like staring at her artwork all weekend and totally fell in love. Um, I think a lot of our listeners will also really, really like her artwork. Uh, Mariana and Jamie, I think this is like totally in your alleyway. Um, so she does like, if you can look this up and you're not driving, definitely look this up, but she does really cute and fun illustrations everything's very like soft it's drawn in a lot of like colored pencil and watercolor it all has a very like warm kind of huggy feel to it in my opinion um very like warm background warm colors in general um and it's just really cute I really like her style I feel like it it does like lean towards cartoony but um she can draw very realistically she does have a few prints that are like like more like almost like a photo or whatever um, but like whenever she's like more in her own, like naturalist, like her cartoony style, I think like you can always tell like who she's drawing and stuff, which I think is always cool. And she literally draws like a bit of everything, like at her booth, she had ev- like y- you name the property. She probably had something from it. She has tons of artwork, like 
Disney, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, obvious ones, but she also had like Jane Austen stuff, um, all kinds of like books and things. I'm sending you a link. Um, she had stuff from The Office, Back to the Future. Um, really, like any if you're a pop culture fan, I think you'll find something that you're gonna dig in Julia's artwork. Um, I picked up a couple of postcards. And I'm just gonna hold them up. Um, this one is super cute. A little. Oh, I like that. Alligator Loki, he's looking very proud and he's kind of chubby and there's a little crabby frog Thor on his back. Huh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you can see his little face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fun. Um, and then I I really like her Star Wars Rebels artwork that she had. So this is a really cute one of Ahsoka and Rex giving each other a hug because they're best friends. <laughs> that's um, I, I really liked a lot of her artwork. It's like very colorful, really cool. Um, it like clearly has this like handmade touch that just like feels really nice and warm and she's a really nice warm person as well i totally recommend um like chatting with her or anything if you ever see her at a show because she was really nice <laughs> uh it's important if you're searching this maybe just go to our uh go to our show notes because if you yeah, just we'll do a, have a search of julia Mann, what you will find is that uh, on the evening of February 20th, 2020, 17-year-old Julia Mann disappeared from her family home in uh, Watkinsville, Georgia. Everything about Julia Mann is about this missing person. But hey, don't worry. Okay. She was found safe July 2nd, 2020. So it oh, all I'm ended, really glad. <laughs> it all ended well. But this is not the same Julia, I don't think. Yeah, I think also, if you put in art of Julia Mann with two N's, by the way, um, yes. you will probably come up with her artwork. I will definitely have a link in show yes. notes. And yes. I'm glad that um, other Julia has found her way home. Yeah. And Watkinsville is only two hours from the original Chick-fil-A Dwarf House in Hapesville. And that, my friends, is what oh. we call full circle, people. Boom. <laughs> I like that Julia, uh, with her artwork, so she clearly has a, a style that she does. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at her Instagram, by the way. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I love seeing it applied. So, for instance, like she has uh, Michael, Dwight, um, yeah. uh, uh, and, and Jim uh, in the scene. It's the office when they're calling Mr. It's, I'm sorry, it's the scene where they're calling Mr. Buttkiss <laughs> yeah. uh, from the office. But I love seeing them. But in her, her very clear style. Butt liquor, that's what it is. Yeah, in their very clear style. Uh, Our prices yeah, cannot be lower. Butt liquor. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like how she takes some um, kind of more unexpected properties and like turns it into her style. Because like her version of everything is like a cute like story version of all of it. Like sort of like golden book style or something. Like it just feels like a little children's book version of everything. Yeah, it captures a moment in time for sure, which is nice. They're not yeah, they're I, not static images. I'm sure you've seen her Remy, and you're all over that little Remy with the Ratatouille deal. Yeah, she she didn't have that one with her uh, at the show, but I definitely really like that one when I saw it online. It is interesting <laughs> that she throws in like every now and then she has one that seems much more realistic, like a portrait. Oh yeah, and Gotta then she goes different things. Yeah, yeah, and then it goes back to that style. She also has Kevin and the Chili, by the way. Yeah, the Kevin and the mm -hmm. Chili is great. I love that one. It, I would love that one if it was literally a two by two print that I could just put <laughs> like on my computer. Like that would be that's that's the perfect size for something like that. Like a little, just a little homage. I don't know. I'll reach out to her and see if she'll. Uh, I was like, I'm sure this can be done. Do a custom <laughs> two by two. I just want a tiny little Kevin. The Bay um, Ross is very nice. The Bay Ross. I don't know. It's Baymax as Bob Ross. Oh, oh yes. Cute. yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. Good job. I love it. Good job. Laura. Yeah, I definitely recommend checking out her artwork. You will put a smile on your face. Um, no bad things to say. Okay. She likes <laughs> fur. Like her portrait, she tends to do portraits that have fur, like that texture. Like she does. I Sully. think it goes well with that like colored pencil thing because you kind of do the like hatching, you know, mm -hmm. and and ah. hair just in general. She's good. Like there's a Lucille ball that she does that the hair mm -hmm. is, is. just Oh, like, yeah. Just well, she fire. does Merida from Brave. Uh, she does the the fox. Um, and the what? hound. <laughs> no, no. What? Uh, Zootopia. The fox from Zootopia. Oh, yeah. Like a lot. The she does the portraits. Yeah, with a lot of hair, a lot of fur. But uh, yeah, yeah. This is great. I I agree. I would love a series of like six of these. Very very small. Small. Yeah. They they would yeah. work great in that in that way. It'd be funny if she did like horror movies or something like really gross in her <laughs> super cute style. <laughs> uh, so I think. Guys, we not only did we successfully make it under an hour for this episode, but 
we did a lot of tying things together. If you go back, there's much of what we talked about that is weaved and bibbed and bopped all to make one fantastically cohesive episode. So let's not ruin Literally it. Literally just wrote down cohesive is the name of the episode. <laughs> cohesive. <laughs> so let's not ruin it by, by, by talking anymore. So you can find show notes and links to all the stuff that we talked about at mof1.network as well as a whole bunch of other things. Uh, that you can see there, including an archive with hundreds and hundreds of episodes with a whole bunch of other artists and incredibly incredibly talented people and products and cool things. Um, you can check that out at mof1.network. Uh, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash mof1podcast, patreon.com uh, slash mof1podcast, on social media, mof1podcast everywhere, and on Slack uh, day in and day out. We're talking about all sorts of fun and great things. But before we head out of this episode... We need to roll some dice for next week. Nat one and a Yay. two. All right. So the two means uh, present. present. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then nat one, y'all get to choose for me. We'll, we'll get to mm-hmm. choose. Okay. I got a 20. Hey. <laughs> I better get a 10. That's Huzzah. all I have to say. What, so it doesn't matter what you rolled with the second dice because you can talk about whatever you want. Okay. It was four anyway, just to be fair. So I also got anything I want. All right, so I got a three, or I got a 14, and then I got a three modifier. So future 14s. Yeah. Which would be a 15. Yes, that's true. You got art. Art. Okay, easy enough. Uh, Mm -hmm. Patrick, I think we need need a little bit of time to mull over what you're going to talk about. So give us a day or so, and we'll we'll message it to you. Deal. Um, I think for now, everyone else. Uh, we're going to get out of this episode. You can find me at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's everywhere. I have some really fun, cool news to share any moment. I'm ready to drop it as soon as I'm allowed. I've been waiting for weeks, yeah. and hopefully next week I'll be able to share it on the podcast. But the second I'm able to, I will share it on my social media. So just search mm-hmm. at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's if you're not already following me. Lauren, where do people find you? You find me at not cool co, but I definitely want to double down on like Andrew saying that like talking about this because like y'all should be excited to hear about this. It's very exciting. <laughs> Someone just got a Volvo. All right, Patrick, <laughs> where do people find you? I got a letter from Volvo today and I thought to myself like, I don't have a Volvo. How do they have my name? You can find me at, at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it's because I referred you. You were my refer friend. If you buy one, I get a check for $150 back. So I would really appreciate Perfect. I'd appreciate buy the a help. car for me, please, bud. <laughs> but we're going to get out of this episode for now. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Dwarf House. <laughs> Adios.